You are listening to the War on Autism podcast, where autism, recovery, and life coaching collide. I am your host, Allison Smith, certified life coach and mom of an amazing autistic son. Hello, my fellow warriors, and welcome to the War on Autism podcast, episode four. I am so excited about this episode because I actually let you choose the topic. I put it out there on Instagram and Facebook which topic you wanted to hear about, and the choices were between vaccines and daily toxins. And let me tell you, it was very close. But at the end of the day, daily toxins actually ended up winning out by one vote. Can you believe it? So since I had such a positive response, I decided to do daily toxins today. And then within a week or two, I will hop back on here and do a very in-depth dive into vaccines. I have been itching to do a podcast on vaccines for quite some time, so I'm very excited to bring it to you in a week or so. As I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking of all the daily toxins that we are exposed to and specifically how these toxins relate to autism. I firmly believe that autism is a result of toxic overload. I don't believe that autism is a genetic disorder. I feel that there is a small percentage of individuals who are genetically more susceptible, but overall, I do feel that autism is from environmental factors and from toxicity from medicines, heavy metals, yeast, mold, disrupted gut biome, and so on. And I really feel that autism is created from all of these factors that come together and create this disorder. And that's why autism is so broad. That's why you see this spectrum. And that's why you see that no two autistic children are exactly alike. They each have their own strengths and weaknesses and different behaviors. And that's because they're all resulting from different root causes from this toxicity. Therefore, toxicity is very important. We really need to get a good grasp on where the majority of these toxins are coming from and how to, well, number one, stop the exposure and number two, prevent further exposure. Then we can look at detoxing those toxins that we already have. It would be very wasteful, not only of your time, but your money and your efforts. If you were to start a detox right now, immediately without first getting rid of your current toxins. So we need to avoid the toxins that are all around you and in your environment before you start detoxing those things that are within. And when you begin to reduce toxins in your environment, you start to reduce toxins from your food, and then you start detoxing internally, you are going to see compounded efforts all across the board. It will be so much more successful. Now, with that being said, let's dive into toxins. I was thinking on my way home from the gym, if someone were to come up to me and say, What toxins are the most dangerous? What do I need to get rid of first? I would have to say that there are about three things that I would recommend. Now, don't get me wrong. The world is full of toxins. Everywhere you turn, you are constantly being bombarded with these toxins. But I would say that these three are, in my opinion, the most important. First thing I would recommend removing from your home are your cleaning agents. It is unbelievable the amount of poison we are allowed to use in our cleaning products. And you wouldn't think that a cleaning product, which is supposed to get rid of bad bacteria, get rid of salmonella, get rid of all the junk and all the bad stuff would actually be bad for you. But honestly, they are. I looked up Lysol as an example, which we all know gained so much popularity during COVID. But it is full of chemicals that are proven to induce respiratory effects including asthma. 
So you've got COVID, which is a respiratory disease, and we're going to kill it off with this Lysol that's going to cause respiratory effects? It makes no sense to me. But not only that, but it also has other ingredients that are linked to cancer, reproductive effects, endocrine effects, nervous system effects, and so on. Like literally with some squirts of Lysol on your counter, when you inhale that, you're making yourself susceptible to all of these things because of the ingredients that are within it. And you may ask, well, how do they get by with this? How is this even acceptable? And the reasoning behind it is that it's only in small amounts. That's what they all say. If you're familiar with the vaccine debate, you will understand that that's the, the argument. It's in it's within the safe limits. It's only a small amount. So that's the same justification that they use here. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to inhale anything that is going to potentially cause me infertility or cause me biodegeneration and all of the things that are in Lysol. And Lysol is not the only one. Don't get me wrong. You can go to www.e wg.org. It's a fantastic website and you can type in any cleaning product and it will give you a health score and it will break down every single one of these ingredients and show you how damaging it is to your health. And I'm not sponsored by anyone. So this is my very honest, unbiased opinion that I really do love this website and I use it very frequently to check my cleaners and detergents and so on. And also within that site, you it will make it very obvious which cleaners contain good ingredients versus bad ingredients. So let's not stop there. Let's move on to another example. And this was my absolute favorite. I used so much of this before I started my health journey. And that is Mr. Clean with Gain. Oh my goodness. I love the smell of gain or I used to anyways. This is what I used to clean my floors. I used it to clean my bathtub. I love to pour it in this kitchen sink and let it just smell up my entire kitchen. And it's horrible. First of all, it has coloring in it. Like, why do we need colors in a cleaning product? What, what does that even matter? But anyway, so it's overloaded with colors. Not only that, but the only reason that people even buy Mr. Clean with Gain is because it smells so amazing. And this is another concern I want to put out there is that fragrance is horrible for you. That should be one of the first things you check when you buy anything. And that goes for shampoos, soap, shaving cream, cleaning products, candles, If the ingredient is fragrance or perfume, do not buy it because the FDA does not look past that term fragrance. Fragrance is an umbrella term and it covers a multitude of anything. So the manufacturers have figured out that if you use some man-made chemical, it doesn't matter if it's good for you or bad for you, but if you take that chemical and you slap a scent with it, it can be labeled as fragrance because fragrance is approved. It's an umbrella term. And anytime you see the word fragrance or perfume, you should automatically see a red flag because they are not monitored. No one is looking beyond that term to say, well, what really is the fragrance? What really is in this compound that made this scent? So you're taking a very big gamble anytime you buy anything like that. With that being said, I would suggest looking for the term scented with essential oils and be very careful because sometimes the terminology will be mixed up and it will say scented with lavender. I would be weary because that lavender could be man-made. It could be something false. If it does not say essential oils, I would steer clear of it. Another 
terminology that I would say is acceptable is if a product is made with 100% pure lavender extract or 100% pure peppermint oil, something to that effect. Just be very, very cautious. And as you start to dig a little bit further into toxicity, you will see how fragrance is strongly linked to infertility. And it always makes me curious when I go into a Bath and Body Works or a Buff City Soaps or a Kirkland's, it is so fragrant in those stores. And it, it gives me a headache almost the moment I walk into those stores. And it makes me wonder if the girls who are working there have any issues. Like, do they have hormone issues? Do they have headaches? Do they have sinus problems? I don't know. It's just a speculation, but I would imagine that they probably suffer with a lot of health effects. So if you know anyone that works in a very highly fragrant environment, please comment or message me on Instagram at Allison underscore Smith underscore 89. I would love to know and please share this podcast with them. Maybe they don't know that they're being exposed to something so hazardous. Moving on from fragrance, we do need to address laundry detergent because everyone loves their clothes to smell amazing. And there again, I love Gain. I use the detergent. I use the fabric softener. I use those little the little dots that you sprinkle in there and the dryer sheet. Seriously, my entire house used to smell like Gain. And I loved it. But I also had headaches. I also had severe allergies. And who knows what other problems it was causing me internally. All of my allergies and headaches have completely subsided since I removed that fragrance from my home. And laundry detergent is really a big one for me, and that's because your skin is the largest organ in your body. Your skin absorbs things from the outside. I don't know how many of you have ever used topical fenugrin, but if you are incredibly sick with vomiting, you can go to a compound pharmacist and they will compound fenugrin, which is an anti-nausea med, into a little tube. You squirt a little on your wrist, rub your wrist together, and your body will absorb it. And that way, if you have severe vomiting, you can actually get that anti-nausea medicine into your bloodstream without actually having to swallow a pill. That's because your skin is so absorbent. And then let's just take the principle that it's absorbent and let's look at it across the board. That means that the lotion that you put on your legs that's full of fragrance that also has coloring in it is being absorbed and going into your bloodstream. That means the shampoo that you're washing your hair with that smells so great is being absorbed from your scalp. And the clothes that we're wearing all day that have toxins from laundry detergent are touching our skin and our skin's absorbing it all day long. It's only minuscule amounts, but it does add up. I think one of the biggest marketing schemes, and actually I would call it evil marketing because it gets me that upset, has been the production, distribution, and marketing of drift. We are all told when you have a baby, oh, you have to buy some drift. Your baby's clothes will smell so good. Wash everything in this drift. They'll just smell like a newborn baby. And Oh, and it's pediatrician recommended. They be sure to put that on the the label. And they go on and on and on about how drift is the laundry detergent for newborns. And I'm here to tell you, it's bullcrap. Drift ended up with an F rating. So if you type drift into www.ewg.org, it gets an F rating across the board. Everything in it is toxic. But this is what marketing campaigns and other moms and other people in the community are telling you. You need to put your brand new beautiful baby in. That you need to wash their sheets in it, wash their onesies, their bibs. It should all be washed in drift because they'll smell so good. And we want to be good parents, so we do it. 
And then we wonder why all of our babies have eczema. It's because we are giving our babies these baths in soaps and shampoos that are full of fragrance and dyes. Their skin's absorbing it. We get them out of the bathtub, wrap them in a towel that has been washed in drift. Then when we put their little diaper on, we rub Johnson & Johnson lotion on them so they smell good because we don't want their skin to dry out. So their skin absorbs all of the toxins from the lotion. Then we put them in some jammies that we have also washed in drift and lay them in a crib with nice clean sheets that are holding tons and tons of toxins and fragrance that they will inhale all night long. I could go on and on about drift and how it makes me very, very upset that it has been marketed, especially to our newborns. And I could go on and on about each individual cleaning product, but I feel like you get the picture. Even your dishwashing tabs have fragrance in them and your cleaners are so incredibly toxic that I would really recommend you try to find a clean company to purchase your cleaning agents from. And if your budget doesn't allow for you to buy some more expensive company brands, there is nothing wrong with some good old-fashioned Arm & Hammer baking soda. There is nothing wrong with some good old-fashioned Arm & Hammer washing powders. They are a whole lot cleaner for you, and you can just make your own. I have made my own for months. I do keep some 7th generation laundry detergent on hand just in case I run out of the homemade stuff, but don't hesitate to jump on Pinterest. Find some recipes for homemade cleaning supplies. It's probably going to be way cheaper, and it's definitely going to be way safer for your family. Moving on, if someone were to ask me my biggest concern of daily toxins, the second thing I would mention is the cookware. I feel like the majority of people cook with a Teflon or some form of non-stick pan. And these are incredibly toxic. The problem with these non-stick coatings and with the Teflon is that they contain PFAs, which is a chemical compound. That's what makes the non-stick surface happen. And I feel that in recent years, it has become a little bit more evident that anything with PFA is labeled dangerous. And I've noticed as I was searching for new cookware that a lot of companies have adapted that they don't, they don't have PFAs. You know, we are PFA free and that's wonderful that they're PFA free, but what they're not telling you is that there are different forms of that chemical. So just because it says PFA free doesn't mean that it doesn't contain PTFE or P-F-O-A. And please don't ask me to pronounce all of the words that they stand for because I'll butcher it. But they are equally as dangerous and toxic as P-F-A. If you're buying a cookware that advertises itself as non-stick, they are going to contain one of those. And they are so toxic that the fumes from overheating at P-T-F-E will kill a small bird. Yes, you heard that correctly. Just the fumes from an overheated pan can kill a bird. So like, like how is this possible? So how can we possibly sell this cookware in the store? And there again, it boils down to the fact that these are very inconsistent and very sloppy science tests. And they are testing these chemicals under pristine circumstances. These are pans that are heated to the absolute perfect degree And these are pans that have zero scratches on it. I don't know about you, but when I first got married and I was learning how to cook, I had some wonderful Teflon pans. And after about four years of cooking on those pans and messing up, and you you know what it's like when you first learn how to cook. 
there was zero Teflon left on the bottom of that pan. Like the pan was black when I bought it. After the years of cooking, it was silver at the bottom because I had scraped every bit of that Teflon off. And I know I'm not the only one who has done that, but every time that you scrape a little bit of that Teflon off, it's releasing thousands of chemicals. Not to mention the actual coating itself is getting lost in your food and then you're ingesting it. In an article published in 2022, they found PFAs in 100% of umbilical cord blood samples. So to give you a little background about this study, there were 40 different studies that were going on. And they were looking at PFAs in the umbilical cord. And across these 40 different studies, there was a total of 30,000 samples. So 30,000 babies, 30,000 of their umbilical cords. And what it showed was that 100% had PFAs. So 30,000 umbilical cords showed PFAs in it. That is disturbing. Now, do I believe that all of the PFA exposure was due to cookware? No, because PFAs are in shampoos, nail polish, microwavable popcorn bags, uh, pesticides, plastics, fast food packaging. Oh, yes, literally the wrapper that your hamburger comes in has PFAs. And then there again, they're also in our cleaning products. But I do think it's very important that as we start to remove toxicity, that we and we start with our cleaning products that we eventually move on to our cookware. It's very important to get that cookware into to something safe and something that does not contain PFAs. Because not only are we risking inhaling the fumes from these chemicals, but we're also risking ingesting them. And from the study, it's proving for women that you are going to very strongly have a chance of passing that through to your child through the umbilical cord. And not only that, but PFAs can cause low birth weight, birth defects, delayed development, hint, hint, autism, changes in liver enzymes, cholesterol. It puts you at risk for kidney and testicular cancer. I mean, that's enough to totally throw away all of your nonstick cookware. I would recommend a cast iron cookware, a true high quality stainless steel, or a high quality enamel. Just my opinion. And last, but most certainly not least, the next toxin I feel you should get rid of in your home is plastics. And I know that sounds impossible because plastics are literally everywhere, but it can be drastically improved. So why are plastics so dangerous? They have been proven to contain endocrine disrupting chemicals. 144 chemicals that are known to be hazardous to human health are actively used in plastics. And these are plastics that are everywhere. They're in your flooring, in your food packaging, your sports bras, your car, your Tupperware, Ziploc bags. I mean, the list goes on and on. This stuff is all around us. And each one of those things can contain 144 chemicals that we know are endocrine disruptors. I don't know if you remember this from biology or not, but the endocrine system is what controls all the hormones. These are the hormones that help your children grow. The hormones that are responsible for, responsible for development, hint, hint, autism, for your metabolism. Not only that, you, you know, your reproductive system, all of those things are linked to your endocrine system. And it's incredibly valuable for every piece of your body. And when we start disrupting how these hormones are released and how effective these hormones are, it will create a trickle-down effect. 
You can ask any person who has ever had any type of thyroid disease how devastating that time was before they received their diagnosis. They will tell you they struggled with either weight gain or weight loss, insomnia, extreme fatigue, or hyperactivity. And every piece of their life was affected because of this thyroid disease. And that's because your thyroid is so important to the endocrine system. These hormones, they're again responsible for every piece of your life. And as we bombard our life with these plastics and all of the chemicals that go along with the plastics, we end up with this overload that our endocrine system cannot handle. Researchers have reported in the Journal of Medicine that exposure to certain phthalates, now phthalates, it is spelt P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S, it's pronounced phthalates, but there's a PH at the beginning, and you should definitely look for that word in all of your products. But certain phthalates, which are endocrine disrupting, were strongly linked to ADHD. Very strongly linked. And that's something that's not advertised. And I've always had people ask me, well, what about plastics that are BPA-free? I've got plastics, but they're BPA-free. And... BPA-free is definitely a marketing scheme. It's marketed to us so that it feels safe. And all I can tell you is that there's no plastic that is safe. BPA is just the chemical that got caught. They still needed the BPA to create plastic, so they just found one that was equally equally as toxic that just hasn't been caught yet. I would really encourage you to go one room at a time in your house and just see, take, just take an inventory of how much toxins through plastics you're being exposed to. Look at how many plastics that you have room by room. Don't do your whole house. It's incredibly overwhelming. And just as you have this inventory, see what you can change. Where could you possibly use a glass container? Where could you possibly use wood or stainless steel? As you start exploring this, I think that you will find that you can drastically reduce that load of plastics. And as a little side note, I would heavily encourage you to not microwave any plastics. This includes your Lean Cuisine meals, reheating leftovers on a plastic dish, because when you do that, these plastics will start to emit toxic fumes, and then they go into your food. I could go on and on about daily toxins and the effects that they have on the human population. But I just want to say that this is very important to try to implement some detoxing because our autistic children carry a burden of toxic overload. Our autistic children can't eliminate toxins like quote-unquote normal children do. And so whatever they're exposed to, they tend to hold on to. Think of it as the bathtub analogy. So a normal child is like a bathtub. The drain is open and the faucet is on. As the water comes in, it is able to drain so the tub does not overflow. Our autistic children, the drain isn't open. Or if it is open, it's very minuscule. And when you have the faucet on, it doesn't take long for the tub to overflow. Until we can open the drain to let the toxins out, it only makes sense to just turn off the water. So eliminate the toxins in the environment. Don't expose them. Avoid them at all costs. You may not see a huge difference in changing the toxins in your day-to-day environment externally, but internally, I can promise you it is creating massive, massive changes. Removing toxins is only one battle 
but it's definitely one worth winning in this war on autism. Until next time, my friends, fight the good fight. Bye-bye. If you want to connect further, be sure to check out my website, www.waronautism.org.